Begin transmission. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 50 of Outer Rim Transmission. I'm joined by Milton and by Ben. How's it going, guys? What's going on, man? It's glad to be back on the podcast, ready to talk some Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's always great to be here on the podcast. You know, another good week, finally warming up. It's great to get outside and, yeah, ready to ready to chat it up about this galaxy far, far away. Heck, yeah. We're actually recording this ahead of our usual day on St. Patrick's Day we're recording this. So uh, this week we're not going live, but usually you guys can find us live every Friday at 9 o'clock. You could also be listening to us after the fact on any downloadable networks such as Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, and the rest. Now on the docket for this week's episode, we're going to catch up on some news stories relating to some of the video games. We're also going to dive into some fun little banter with Samuel Jackson wanting to reprise his role once again as Mace Windu. Plus, we got some more things on the thing that could have been with a big story plot point in Obi-Wan Kenobi and more on the show. So we're going to just kind of dive into our week in Star Wars. I had to kind of halt the production of the show before we got recorded because I had a great thing that dawned on me. Here we go for another Star Raptors show and tell. So there you go. That's your exclusive. If you're watching this, you can actually see what I'm about to show you, which I think they're pretty cool. So, of course, I'm probably showing you some more Star Wars merchandise, and that is specifically the miniatures I painted. I don't know. It might be kind of hard to see with the lighting. But um, there you go. You got a Wookiee. I got a little Wookiee warrior. Um, there we go. That looks cool. Uh, nice. So, like, I like how they actually model these things with some, like, dynamic movement. They're just not standing still. Like, this guy's literally just running. Um, so we got yeah, that Yeah, that is one. pretty sweet. Uh, these are all from, like, the Kashyyyk battlefield or whatever. So you got the one with the actual shield. This is pretty neat. has, like, defensive capabilities and whatnot. Mm. Um, and the last one, I have many of these, but I'll show you one more. Not a Wookiee, but in fact, a green little guy. Finally have Yoda oh, nice. in the game. Nice. And I love, and they actually give you enough to make two different versions of Yoda in the box. So there's one where he's like just standing on flat ground. But I like this like dynamic pose jumping. And if you go ahead and you compare the size of these little guys, it's pretty cool how you can actually see how much. Oh, you can definitely see that is. scale. Yeah. It's oh, a wow. good scale. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been kind of working hard with my spare time this week to try to get these guys on. I uh, played a game of Legion using Yoda and the Wookiees, and you can actually have Chewbacca on the Republic side now, which is really fun with the Wookiees. And the first turn of the game, um, there's a special thing I was able to pull off where basically Yoda rides on top of Chewie's shoulder as like nice. a way to move around a little quicker. And then from there, I was able to go against Cassian Andor and, and like force put force pull Cassian Andor into base melee contact <sighs> with Chewie. And then Chewie just basically pummeled Cassian to death as you could imagine. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And that, that's nice. what I did on Monday night. Um, planning on going back this next Monday, and I'm going to be having a, a, a fun fight against the Separatists. So uh, yeah, I'm back in the Legion again, and it's it's good because I'm playing around with all these new units. Uh, I also have the Fluttercraft I showed you guys last week, I believe, and that's basically like a bombing thing. Like you just run it across the table, and it just like drops like thermal detonators. So it's a that's a lot of fun, okay. a lot of cool gameplay. Uh, so yeah, basically uh, when I'm not you know talking about Star Wars comics this week. I was basically painting, so that was really my my week in Star Wars for the most part. I'll throw it over to Ben. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's a really good, productive, fun uh, week in Star Wars for sure. My week in Star Wars wasn't as exciting, I would say, really. 
didn't have any um, interesting things like you, uh, you know, nothing like that. I mainly was just thinking this week, you know, we all uh, are interested in fitness and stuff around here. So, you know, when I was like lifting weights this week and even this morning, I was thinking, thinking about it. I was like, man, I wonder like, you know, how the Jedi like are training fitness wise. I mean, they're all in relatively good shape. So it just mm -hmm. makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, like, at the Jedi Temple, like, if they have, like, a fitness regime, like, because, I mean, like, unless the Force just makes you jacked or something, but, but, uh, but, I mean, it, it's just interesting. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, they're all in pretty good shape. Like, I wonder huh. what in, like, Star Wars they do for fitness, you know, well, if you think if about you... that, because they're all, they're all relatively athletic. Okay, so in the High Republic, I will interject. The High Republic, there is a Jedi. His name is Porter Engel, a.k.a. the, the uh, not the Bomar Monk. What am I saying? <laughs> that would be interesting, a Bomar Monk Jedi. Um, the Blade of Bardonta <laughs> is his, like, nickname that he's given. And, um, you know, you, you get to see this guy, and he's like, he's like the cook of the Jedi. Like, he's at the Jedi outpost, and he's, like, basically making this thing he calls the Nine Eggs stew. He's not really in combat. He's, like, a little bit overweight, it looks like, because he's, like, the Jedi right. cook. But he's also hundreds of years old. And when in, he was in his prime, which we're going to find out in phase two, when it goes back 150 years, we're going to yeah. actually see that guy in his prime. They have concept art of him being in shape, but it's like, eh, you know, Jedi mm -hmm. are probably in their prime. They're all in their shape. But, you know, when they get older, the geriatric kind of Jedi, eh, they don't really care so much. <laughs> they start gaining some weight. It's like, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, yeah for the most part, yeah, there isn't really any like like obese jedi i guess you could say or anything like that yeah yeah that, i mean that that's what made me get thinking because i was thinking about like all the main jedi i knew like i was on the treadmill after i got done lifting and i was like man i was going through every jedi you could think of and like they're all in relatively good shape like given obviously the movies and everything but i mean you i feel like you'd have to be in somewhat type of shape just because of like your missions and everything and right. whatnot so uh i don't know it was just like an interesting little thing i was thinking about like Huh, wonder what they do for that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just because there's so... Like, there's never really been in any of the can. That's a really good thing. I, I haven't really ever come across, to my imagination, like any kind of, like, gym equipment. I guess... I, I guess <laughs> if you think about it this way, maybe... I mean, if we had to put, like, a real-world real, real world type training into it, I would say probably parkour. Because, like, yeah. if you look at Luke on Dagobah, you know, he's swinging from vines and that sort of stuff so maybe maybe they train kind of like parkour athletes yeah well you see it well you hear about it in the empire strikes back from yoda himself he's like the force is not made of this crude matter and he's just squeezing like his bicep like it's like yeah yep. you know you use your mind you don't need to physically be active you call on the force to support the muscular straight but that they're, they're still working on their agility right because like right. when you're in the jedi temple and a lot of this was from the high republic and stuff it's like yeah they're they're doing their saber training classes like every single day and that's all very intensive training it's all body weight training but there's a lot of somersaults yep. a lot of um um plyometrics right a lot of plyometrics a lot of power training like just like a lot of force just in one moment like jumping and stuff like that so that is i think really where that comes from for the most part yeah, yeah, I would say probably. Yeah, actually, they're probably the best uh, calisthenics athletes in the in the universe. Then I would say. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's definitely something to think about. Like, yeah. if, if an author needs like an idea or something to be like, hey, like, mention something about like training, <laughs> like when it comes to just anything in the galaxy far, far away, because we just hey, don't have hey, much about. 
<laughs> hey, there we go. People complaining about Ray's lightsaber training and, and the sequel trilogy. I'm complaining about all these people's fitness, whether it be Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ray. How are they getting in shape? Or That's what about, the like, new hashtag. What about Jack Jedi hashtag? What about the clone troopers, right? The, all the clones of Django, like they're all super fit. Like, like how? I think that's just genetic cloning. Oh, that could be true. It's I, that that could they be. could be just maybe they just built that way. I don't, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute though, yeah. because in Star Wars Rebels, as they age, you see them later on, and they're yeah. actually like a little bit. I wouldn't call it overweight, but like they don't have as much muscle as they used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just like the oh, again, that's the genetic process of them, like probably aging a little bit slower than normal but obviously it catches up to him yeah see these yeah. are the hard-hitting questions <laughs> of star wars that i like to dig into on a week when we have not as much news to talk about because mm -hmm. i feel like this could be a rabbit hole where we're bringing up oh what about this species because they're not humans so they would you know grow differently like like let's say like a anything right like a twi'lek versus um a Kaldor or or a Rodian versus that, you know, so it could be like just so many variables <laughs> thrown in the mix. The physiologies oh, yeah. of the aliens. Some aliens have like multiple hearts, like the Zabrix, right. I'm pretty sure have like two hearts. So it's like, huh, like a character like Darth Maul, like uh, are they more physically fit because they have a better pulmonary system perhaps? So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, talking about um this type of fitness stuff, it is uh cool for anybody uh just to kind of connect to like even Kenobi's trailer last week. Um, so the actress who plays Reba Mo Moses Ingram, mm -hmm. she actually um, is a pretty good follow on Instagram. Like, you know, she's posted her like lightsaber training and, you know, she she's done some of the acrobatics like flipping around and stuff like, you know, oh. she's posted videos of her doing some of that stuff like. Uh, yeah. So it's just interesting if anyone wants to check out her Instagram, you know, that's a that's a cool place to see like some of the real world, like the Star Wars actors, you know, actually doing some of the. Uh, you know the physicality part of it and it's not just a straight up stunt double that's the funny part is because we first knew she was going to be a dark side character from her instagram i remember somebody like sharing that it's like holy crap like obviously she's fighting with blades i mean i guess she could have been right. a jedi but i mean the way she looked like she was fighting was like more of an aggressive style so it's like huh wonder yep. what she could be doing in kenobi yeah and yeah we, had, <laughs> yeah, we had so much, so much with Kenobi stuff last week that we couldn't even get to everything I actually said we would get to. So that's why we have some some catching up this week. But anything in particular with you, Milton, uh, with Star Wars this week, any adventures, anything like that? Right. No, no adventures. Um, actually, I went hiking yesterday and actually and this ties into the story. So uh, last weekend, my friend Amanda, she knows I'm into Star Wars and I actually happened to mention that, you know, I do a podcast sometimes. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I do a Star Wars podcast with a couple friends. And she's like, no. And I'm like, it's true. So I told her what it was. And she's like, she's like, I'm going to listen to this. And I was like, okay. So I had to listen to the first episode I did with you, Chris. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. Back in like the summer. And she she finally finished the episode, I think, <laughs> this past weekend. And so... Her and, I, and she actually messaged me last Saturday. She's like, she was like literally like sending me quotes of what, what we were talking about. And she's like, she's like, oh my God, like, you guys really have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, like it's on like everything. So yesterday went hiking and she was like, she's like, so what made you get into Star Wars? And I, and I told her and she's like, she thought it was cool though. Cause she, when she listened to our story, cause I think you asked me that question in the, in the episode, 
she's like, oh, that's cool to see, like, why you got into it, you know, how it connects with, like, your family and your dad. So, we, and I was able to just to tell her, like, how much Star Wars meant to me, you yeah. know, I, as a child. And she then asked me, she's like, okay, so what other episodes should I listen to? So I need to have her start listening to the podcast more often. There you so go. So that, that, that was my week in Star Wars. That's awesome. So, yeah, talk, and, and it's talk funny, about... though, because she's, she's, she's not a nerd. She's not into, like, Star Wars or nothing like that. But, like, she's like, yeah, everything you were saying, it was pretty much, like, Spanglish to me, but it was very interesting. I'm like, all right, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the good thing, too, I feel like, on here. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, sure, she may not understand some of this stuff, and that's how maybe some of the potential listeners are. But but overall, I feel like we're, we do a good, a pretty good job of explaining our uh, – like the things we talk about and the characters we talk about. So like, I feel like our podcast is pretty good just for um, pretty much just about anybody. And, you know, all three of us are pretty relatable for anybody listening. And I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, it, it was just a good time. It was, it was just nice that, you know, when I, when I name dropped it and again, it wasn't even on purpose. I just happened just to throw it out there and say, I do a podcast, you know, throughout the week. And she's like, really? And she's just like, let me check it out. And I was like, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. There we go. Spreading it like the grassroots movement that we are here at Outer Rim Transmission. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, if you have any friends that are vaguely interested in Star Wars, do us a favor. It would help out a lot. Just spread the word of Outer Rim Transmission. Um, I'm going to be spreading the word in a couple weeks here in the Philly Comic Con. I'll be showing myself around, showing my face around those parts. And then uh, in a couple months, be at the mecca of all Star Wars and Star Wars celebrations. So, Really looking forward to that. This week I spent a lot of time getting my flight underway and different plans with some friends. So I can't freaking wait for that. And hopefully next time you guys can all join me. Hopefully it's more on the East Coast and it's a little bit easier for all of us to get together. Um, So we'll see about that. So let's talk about the more recent thing that came out. And that was Samuel Jackson. I think it was like South by Southwest Festival he was at. He was on uh, Josh Horowitz's uh, Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. And he had worked with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard recently on a movie. I don't know what movie it was. But basically, he was like, hey, how do I get to be a Mandalorian? And he was kind of like, she thought she was kind of, I guess, kind of like joking. But he was like, no, like, I really want to get into this thing. Like, So I, I think that's funny because then I think later today, like, Bryce Dallas Howard, like, retweeted, like, that video of him. Because you can find the video of him on this interview. And she put like the the eyes emote thing where it's like, hmm, what yeah. could that mean? So again, it's like I feel like if somebody as high profile as Samuel Jackson is literally like talking to a creator on the Mandalorian about get me back in the show, like they're almost like, okay, it's not just any actor. This is Samuel Jackson that's literally saying, I want to come back into Star Wars. I'm ready. Yeah. I feel like is now the time? Is this actually going to happen? We talked a few months ago about, hey, he's wearing t-shirts about like Mandalorian and stuff like that. Could we see him in the post-Return of the Jedi order? Oh, look, I'll, I'll answer it this way. And I think I think Ben might have said it in our chat about, you know, all I've called it, I predicted Mace Windu coming back. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's a potential, but honestly, maybe he's just saying, I just want to be in the show. Not as Mace Windu, but as just like a character, like as an alien. Maybe he's going to be wearing makeup, prosthetics, whomever. Now, obviously, let's, let's talk about it. If Mace Windu does come back, what does that look like, you know, 
that post-Return of the Jedi? You know, where's he been for the last 25 years? It's 25 plus years at post-Revenge of the about, Sith. About 30 years, actually. Oh, yeah. 30 years, I guess. Yeah, so 30. It's like, huh, where's he been? Like, and let's be real here. Mace Windu wasn't a young pup. I would assume he was in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the beginning of Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now he's got to be what? In his... Was it? Is it four years for Clone Wars, whatever it is? So he's got to be what, maybe in his seventies? You know, as I, I, yeah. I his character. Yeah. I mean, like, Sam Jackson's in his Sam Jackson's upper sixties. So. About to say. So and, and again, it, it could work out, and I mean, it definitely could be plausible. But again, realistically, low. Like, would would Mace Windu actually fit in that story? Like, would it would it make sense logistically? I don't know. Now, I trust, you know, the guys that run the show. I trust, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard. However, my fear would be don't just put him in there just to put him in. Like, it, make it make sense if if it is Mace Windu. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Look at the creators, right? Dave Filoni is in charge of the show along with John Favreau. And Dave Filoni obviously worked under George Lucas. Now, would... Dave Filoni feel like this is a slight on George Lucas for like, hey, I'm going to just, I have the power to bring back Sam L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Like, I don't know if he would like, if he respects George too much to like do something that big to contradict some stuff that could happen later on because like, holy crap, that's a big can of worms. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen a Jedi other than Luke in that era. Like, hey, we have Ezra around. We have um, you know, Ezra's the big one, right? Around that time. We have Cal Kestis that's in that, that era between. So it's like, it's not like we haven't seen Jedi before, but such a prominent Jedi that was in the Jedi Council. It's like, okay, where, where, where was he? Why wasn't he involved with the Empire? Why wasn't he involved with the Rebellion? What would his mindset be at that point to not get involved? And that would be my number one question of, how would they make, again, Milton, a story that's super compelling to justify him to come back all that time later? Like, why would why would that be the time now for him to reveal his face anyway? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And, and that's where, you know, and Ben, I'll have you jump in this because this, yep. this is your thing. But <laughs> it's like, I, I just don't understand, like, what his place would be at that point. You know, obviously, I think he'd want to focus on Palpatine because Palpatine cut his arm off. But then we all know mm-hmm. Mace Windu from the legends of him being like, you know, very like, not vindictive at all, or he's just very, um, mat- or, um, he's just like, more of like that military type presence as a Jedi. He's very much like a rule, a rule breaker who will challenge the system in his own way. So again, I, I just don't know what his purpose would be if he happened to quote unquote survive. You know, what would his, be his motivation to keep going on because at that point it's like you have nothing to live for bro Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i mean you guys make really good points my my thing with mace windu is i see i i feel like there's a good chance he could be alive and um a lot of it comes to okay first of all you know let's like address so you know he got threw out a window okay he obviously could grab onto a speeder or anything i mean we saw darth maul get chopped in half fall down a pit everything saw the emperor get exploded so anybody can live in this universe mm-hmm. um, oh, fa- like, facts we- about well let's be real here leia got blown up thrown yeah. out of space froze as a human 
as a and, human. And, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? And, like, force draw herself back to the ship. So, you know what, though? That, that's not – that's definitely plausible. So, Ben, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. So, I mean, so so we'll, we'll establish that. There's – you know, we can scratch that scene out of the, out of the discussion. And then my thing is with the whole uh, Mace situation – I don't know if it would be a slight against George because I know, I mean, years ago, I, I, mean, I don't remember exactly where it was, but I feel like I remember people just talking about, you know, George basically said like, sure, Mace could survive because Jedi have fallen, you know, look at Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan jumping around on those bridges like in Phantom Menace type deal. Like, I feel like I've heard people talk about that just over the years. I mean, I, I mean you'd have to fact check me wherever that was from, but I feel like that was mentioned before. So I don't really know if it would be like a slight against George. And I think it just comes down to the story. I mean, mm-hmm. look, when um, like Filoni and Favreau talked about like Luke coming in, you know, how it was just an integral part of the story and it wasn't just a cameo. So like, I feel like it comes down to that. And I think we're misplacing where he would be. I don't think it would be Mandalorian. I think, especially after fan reaction, if there's a book of Boba Fett season two, I think that's where Mace could come into play. Like, I really, I feel like that's potentially where we could end up going with that storyline. You know, they could potentially adjust their plans for Book of Boba, whatever it may be, to maybe something revolving around Mace Windu. I mean, heck, it's obviously on the brain for people there at Star Wars because Tamara Morrison literally said, he literally said, he told uh, John and Dave, or he told John about you know, wanting hit Boba Fett to hunt down Mace Windu to revenge his father's death. Like, mm-hmm. like, so that's obviously on people's brains there at Star Wars, you know, or at least floating around a little bit in the office space. So I just think it, it fit. And then like the other thing too, you know, like we discuss about where was this Jedi? Where was that Jedi? Like, sure. That is a valid point, but then also it's a valid point. Okay. Where was Yoda? Where was Yoda during A New Hope? Just hanging out, chilling on Dagobah, like, with the frogs? Like, you know, he's such a great Jedi, but he's just hanging out, you know, chilling, you know, talking to Ghost Toby. He was yeah. scared, yo. Yeah. They were all scared. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. like that's that's the thing with, with that. And then, like, even, like, you know, Ahsoka, she's off. I mean, I guess technically, you know, she had to, like, uh, fit in with the whole world between worlds and all that whole, that whole situation. But still, like... She, it's just a tricky situation. I feel like they could they could probably tell it pretty pretty easily mm. because you know you could just you could potentially introduce him like say if he is introduced in Boba, all you need to do is have him have Boba hear rumblings about a Jedi or something or another or angle the show heck angle the show differently like maybe Mace has gotten a little bit darker and he's wanting to like take Boba out for. Um, for some reason or another, just something along those lines. Like I feel like they, they, I feel like they could incorporate him pretty easily, and then incorporate him back out of the story pretty easily to avoid Rise of Skywalker. Because I mean, even um, or even the sequel trilogy. Because even I think it was Dave mentioned, like Ahsoka doesn't have to be dead to be talking to Rey in Episode yeah. Nine. So, like you have those type of things that are pointing to like, Hey, these characters that are talking to Ray, they don't have to be dead actually. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of evidence that could show, you know, obviously he couldn't potentially not be in things, but I think there's a lot of evidence pointing to it. And I just think my, our biggest piece of evidence is, I mean, Darth Maul, I feel like he, he's gotten killed like a gazillion times and he's alive. And then 
I mean, he's he's technically dead now, I guess. But uh, but like you know, you have the emperor exploded. You have all these characters. Like it just, I, I think it's gonna happen. I mean, Mace got his hand chopped off and zapped and threw out a window. Yeah. So here's like, kind of what uh, my speculation so, on just what could happen with Mace Windu. So. Um, somebody just mentioned, hey, you know, he was scared. You know, Yoda was scared. Milton, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, that so, was me. I mean, Mace Windu sees firsthand the power of the Sith before his eyes, a power that has said to have been extinct for a millennium. Before his eyes, he gets zapped by the Emperor. He sees the power and the manipulation and the corruption that this figure has sown in the galaxy for years and years and years. And I think at that moment, maybe he just... He just recedes into the underworld. He just says, I don't want this yep. fight. I got my butt handed to me. There's no way I'm going to be able to take this guy out. And he just kind of maybe lives. He just kind of gives up. And just you just see him in the underworld, 1313, just making his way. And then he well, finds he out humbled. one day. He got humbled, basically. Yeah. So one day he finds out that the Emperor gets defeated. And it's like, okay, Coruscant's getting better. The, the New Republic's coming in. And he's still doing his day-to-day -day stuff. And then you fast-forward like five years to the Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, and we keep seeing or keep hearing these reports from Filoni and Favreau. Hey, there's some maybe some stuff that'll connect down the line that'll enhance the sequel trilogy. And one of those we've kind of already seen. And in season two of The Mandalorian, you see like a tank of like a Snoke-like character or something. Um, maybe... Mace Windu finds out about like how they're starting to clone and they're trying to bring back the Emperor. And maybe after some time of thinking about it, Mace Windu says, hey, I feel like I have a responsibility for the galaxy to perhaps try to help like keep this threat down. And then that's where his like storyline might intersect with some of our characters we've seen. And one of them could have been Boba Fett. You know, Boba Fett could be on a mission, and we have Mace Windu that kind of intersect to do the same mission to take out some of these clone um, capsules or whatever they could be. And then that's where it really gets interesting because then you have Boba Fett that's like, oh, you killed my father. And Boba Fett's trying to kill him. And then Mace Windu actually has a different perspective and doesn't want to hurt Boba Fett because he feels bad because in the Shatterpoint novel, which I've read recently, which is a Legends book, there's lots of moments where Mace Windu looks back and sees that as kind of a failure, you know, taking out Jango Fett and, like, seeing, like, like a little, like, kid, like, holding up the helmet, like, he's like, oh, crap, like, I just killed somebody's dad, like, mm -hmm. so I can see, like, Mace Windu, like, having thought about all this stuff, kind of like Obi-Wan on Tatooine, like, Mace Windu in the Coruscant Underbelly is going through his own kind of, like, penance, if you will, and then that's yeah. where we have the storyline. Yeah. I feel like maybe that yeah. could be some way they can get it in there and not feel like it's just shoehorned in out of nowhere just for fan service. Well, that's a really good point, Chris. I feel like um, that could be a really good path they could take. And especially, let's say, with Boba's new arc. Um, because, I mean, you know, whether we like it or not, he's going down the, the hero arc. Let's say, though, maybe, you know, when Boba interacts with Mace down the line in this, in this Mando universe, they get into some type of epic fight back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Boba somehow disarms him and is getting ready to kill him. And then instead of, like, stabbing him like he did with Cad, like, stab next to him or something and basically say, like, I'm not going to be like you, I'm more honorable, you know, something like that. Um, you know, uh, I feel like we could get, if they bring in Mace and do that kind of Boba versus Mace thing, 
I think we'll get kind of like a mercy moment between where Boba could kill him, but chooses not to. Mm. And just some other stuff to throw in there as potential um, pointers. Like even back in Mando season two, when we were leading up to the finale, shortly after the finale, um, you know, Samuel Jackson posted on his Instagram a picture of him with like a Boba Fett shirt on. And the hashtag was just like, hashtag Mace Windu, hashtag this party ain't ain't over yet. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what, you know, is there, you know, that was a couple years ago. Was there potential talks for future projects? Because we know Ewan, Ewan's been talking to them forever, it seems like, about a Kenobi series. So it just makes you wonder, potentially when uh, Sam Jackson posted about that, could have that been like the early stages talking about a future um, project with Mace? Yeah, I mean, the, the Lucasfilm has so many projects that we probably never even hear the light of day, mm-hmm. you know, about. Yep. And I think they've been doing a pretty good job as of late, kind of keeping the lid on a lot of these things. Because like back in 2015 and like that era, it was like every other week we were hearing about, oh, you know, uh, the guy that's behind uh, a lot of these horror movies is going to be doing a job of the hut movie. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is going to be doing like a job of the hut gangster movie. And we got these people over here. They're making a like a Maz Eisley cantina movie or something like that. We got so many rumors and now it's like, okay, they kind of brought it back, but that could have been one of those. Right. So like, there's so many things that are in development just because the actors are talking. doesn't mean they ever, they get off the ground. I feel like most projects probably don't get off the ground if you know. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called being in, that's why it's called being in development for a reason. It's in development and that's just simply talks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know the big thing at the end of the day, I feel like that um, as well. Sam Jackson could like kind of if he would push for it as well. Um, you know he could easily say, "Hey, look." I mean, of course Disney knows it, but he could easily say, "Hey, look, look how many fans I have who've talked about this potential comeback for basically sixteen, uh, well, seventeen years now." Like, I, I feel like you know there's traction there. You know he could basically pitch to them like, "Hey." this could actually be a big thing for you guys as like a big basically explosion for even more for your Disney plus shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for like PR, obviously the story, everything, because I was talking about this with one of my friends the other day. Unfortunately, like I feel like we live in a time of your movies or your movie or series. They're judged on cameos at this point. I really really do believe that because look at all these examples you know we have basically the entire mcu has been of course there's great stories in the mcu love it whatever but a lot of their credibility has been built on cameos from other projects so yeah you know um like like take the new spider-man movie for example like you can't look at me with an honest face or tell me the truth if i would say cut out Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and their surrounding characters from their movies, cut them out of that movie. Would you have still been as hyped for that movie? Probably not at all. Probably not. So like, I just, I just really think a lot of people bank on cameos these days. I mean, look, that was part of the critiques of like the early stuff with Boba Fett. And that's why we got excited when Mando showed up. Cause it was oh, a cameo. Like, like, of course it was a great cameo. Cause he's a great character as well as um, Luke. 
but these cameos are so powerful. I mean, look, Luke blew up the internet. Grogu, even though he's a new character, Baby Yoda blew up the internet. Like, what would blow up the internet more than Mace freaking Windu being back alive? Like, <laughs> that, that would just, I feel like, set the world on fire just like those other characters, like Luke, like Baby Yoda, and like, you know, we're going to see, even though we all know Darth Vader's going to be in Kenobi, but seeing Vader, like, whenever he appears in that series, it's going to, you know, basically break the internet again because Vader's back. So, like, these type of cameos, I feel like, they really bank on and i i just feel like that could be the next step of potential cameos in the in the coming you know two three years from now yeah star wars has such a large legacy of characters so that's one of the boons that has the benefits is hey we could throw this character that nobody expected hey we haven't seen this character since 1980 let's throw them in there so lots there on the front of what is going on in the metaverse perhaps Another series that we're very excited about that we were talking a lot about last week is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out on May 25th, 2022. And we have a very interesting report. This comes to us from the people over at Variety. And they are actually, excuse me, The Hollywood Reporter. And they are claiming that at one point Darth Maul was supposedly a big part of this series. And now we know we had different kind of writers throughout the lifespan of this very long production hell type of thing where it started out as movie, then it went to the series, then they changed the, the writer, and here we are today with the show about to come out. So originally the writer was Hossein Amini, and he was the original writer with director Deborah Chow, the six-episode series. And apparently he didn't have Vader as the main villain, but in fact it was Darth Maul problem is rebels has happened even though rebels takes place afterwards rebels was written in, a, in such a way where darth maul was a character that hadn't seen obi-wan kenobi literally since the clone wars so again it's this is where the story is kind of weird because dave filoni had to kind of step in from what this report says and again this is a report not you know it's not like this is 100% true, a lot of this stuff, but it comes from a reliable source saying that, you know, Dave Filoni at one point kind of looked at this and said, ah, it's not the best idea, I guess, to do that. And they came up with the idea of Vader and they also changed the writer. So what are your thoughts on this, Milton, about, hey, you know, Darth Maul could have been in this, but it's like, does sometimes the writer look at the other content in the shows prior yeah. before writing the story? Because it seems like there's a little bit of a disconnect there. It makes sense to me, like not to have them, and, and maybe I'm a, maybe I'm going to be unpopular, like from with fan base. But I mean, when I saw, when I heard about this initially, I'm thinking, why would he need to be there? You know, because like we already know, like he's going to be in Tatooine eventually if you watch Rebels. You know, and like how that, and I love how that ending with those characters worked out. It just made sense story wise, character wise, and just overall, you know, conclusion of that rivalry. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, when it comes to the show, I think that would have been too much. I think th there, there's no need to have uh, um, uh, Darth Maul or Maul in the Obi-Wan series because we're focused on Obi-Wan and his journey over those first 10 years of being in the desert watching over Luke. And obviously the Inquisitors, obviously Darth Vader. It's like, where does Maul fit? Because if Maul shows up, what what's Kenobi's focus? 
is going to be obviously Maul focusing you know, or, or focusing on Maul and what, why is he there and protecting Luke. Then what if the Inquisitors show up? Then what's his focus? Well, it's got to be Maul still because he's his rival from the past. But the Inquisitors might be here because they sense a Force-sensitive kid. But then what if Vader's like, you know, creeping around? Then who's the focus on again? It's Maul, now the Inquisitors, now Vader. It's like, wait a minute, there's too many people in here. You know, there, there's too many subplots that need to be accounted for in their six episodes. Like, how can you manage three dominating personalities and villains, you know, in, in this miniseries? It just wouldn't make any sense. So I think, go ahead. No, finish, finish your thought. No, I'm about to say, I think it just doesn't make sense for Maul to be there. I think Maul right now is, at this point, he's still, I'm assuming he's still trying to build red, or um, uh, build up his... his, his Crimson Dawn. Was it Crimson Dawn and whatnot? Like, he, he thinks Kenobi's dead. Because we, we see proof of that in Rebels when he reads the holocron with Ezra. He's like, wait, he's alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes crazy. So right now... Maul thinks that Kenobi's done, or he's not around. Mm-hmm. So why, so why would he come to Tatooine to look for Kenobi? Exactly. This, this reads like somebody didn't do their homework. Yeah, you know, you know I'm saying like it's like, and, and look, trust me, I think we we all hear Maul. We think, okay, we want to see more of him. I ain't gonna lie, I just love we love those characters. Like if they want to do an animated series with something with them again, great, I'll watch it. But live action, no. This is this is Ewan McGregor. I, I care about Ewan McGregor. I care about Hayden Christensen, and I care about the uh, uh, in- Inquisitors and how they tie in everything. I don't need Maul in this story. We, we, we've seen how that's going to play out. We've seen other stories with Maul in animation that is great storytelling. It, it'd be a waste of character development that would it's unnecessary at this point. Ben? Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going to say something, Chris. Um, see, I think... Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, it's there are red flags all over the place when it comes to this story because it's like, for one, you know, how did you get through the writing process to like even get started on that? And also, it's like, hey, you know, how did this get past like the story group's desk? Because like to me, you know, the story group's supposed to like like be oversight overseeing a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, did did I don't know? Did one of your interns just glance over the script and go, yeah, hey, we're good? you know, and continue, you know, pass it on, pass it on and get right, get working on it. So like, it just makes you wonder, um, the order of command there, it makes you wonder, to me, it also makes you wonder like what the story group actually is involved in personally. Um, yeah, I think the story group is a really nice thing, but it makes you wonder like how involved are they on some of these projects? And then also, you know, you know, uh, like you mentioned earlier or when you were reading out the story, with Filoni stepping in and getting involved, and if they're changing the the uh, the script and the story for what Filoni was suggesting, that also puts up, I mean, a good flag for us, in my opinion, and Star Wars fans in general, that, hey, Filoni has probably more power than what we, like, actually realize. Like, he's he's influencing, and, you know, they're listening to him to, to basically swap out their entire villain for the show. So uh, I think they're, they're a good or uh, there are pros and cons to this story really. And then in terms of mall, I, I think, uh, I think, I think your concern with it, Milton would have been like kind of uh, negated just because Vader and the inquisitors wouldn't have been in here. Cause it would have been just mall, you know, so it wouldn't have been a cluttered story, but, right. uh, 
but yeah, like like we both like we all said, like you know, it doesn't make sense per se because of rebels. But I do think, and I'm calling it right now on this uh, podcast in March of 2022. I think if Kenobi gets a second series, they are 100% going to shoehorn in somehow. I mean, they're doing it with Darth Vader for Kenobi. They're kind of playing with the wording, you know, because like you said, Maul's like, oh, he's alive or he's alive, blah, blah, blah. Did he specifically say, the last time I saw him, I thought he died during Order 66. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think, you know, if we're already playing semantics with the original trilogy movies, there's nothing stopping them from playing semantics with the animated series. Mm. So That's I think, a good point. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, just to wrap my point, I think if we get a Kenobi series season two, which sounds very plausible with the way Kathy's talking, the way they're talking, which, you know, hey, I'm for it as long as it's, you know, a good quality series. I think Darth Maul's the villain for it. Like, I think that's a lock at this point because you can't you can't go and rehash Vader again because it's the whole, you know, you're. It's like Michael Myers. You can't you can't keep bringing him out every single scene or every single episode because it it ruins the the wow effect to it. So I think uh, I think that's the direction they'll end up going because it's just like Mace Windu. Like we were just we were just talking about it with Mace Windu. If Mace Windu's on the brain there, you have Tamara Morrison talking about it. You have Sam Jackson, Bryce Dallas Howard's putting eyeballs, all these things. Darth Maul is clearly on the brain there at Star Wars. Like, they were writing him in a script. That, to me, means he is going to be in something live action at some point. I mean, you know, when when you do, dove into the stuff more, like, they were, um, you know, when you when you get looking into this story, like, I was looking at a different... Um, reports and things about it like there were different reports that that ray park was getting back into shape for this and everything like all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff so it just to me that screams we're gonna get maul in live action at some point be just like mace windu he's on the brain there at star wars i mean i guess i guess the better question is and i'm gonna let you go then chris like would we want to see darth maul in his own little mini series live action would that would, would that be a better serve for him like Crimson uh, Dawn, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have a Crimson Dawn series or something. That's That'd what I'm saying. Cool. Like, I rather, I, I rather see the underworld stuff. Like, if you're going to do an underworld show, which I know we they've always discussed at one point potentially, just just make Darth Maul the lead of that underworld show, or I guess be Maul. I mean, Ray Park. I mean, all you got to do is get Sam Witwer to voice Sam him over. Yeah, I'm, and, and and Ray Park can can do the lot. I mean, hell, they've done it with Vader. Let's be real here. So like. You know, get Ray Park to get in shape for three season miniseries and show him creating the Crimson Dawn and turn that into a power and then show how he lost that power. Because eventually something had to have happened because we see him in Rebels. You're like, wait a minute, this ain't the mall that we used to know. So show like how he got big and how he lost his power. I mean, you can do it. So I'd rather see him come out, come back that way. Yeah, I mean, going back to the ethics of just how we're going to go ahead and get characters that should be dead or whatever in a storyline that might contradict other things as far as different mediums of Star Wars, different continuity across the different mediums. It's like, huh, okay, you know, we've we've seen where they tweaked comic books. We've seen where they tweaked novels with the Ahsoka and, and Clone Wars. The opening of Bad seven. Batch. The whole thing with Bad Batch with Kanan, right? Were they seriously thinking about maybe almost kind of retconning the animated series because i really think like once you get to like on screen anything i feel like that needs to be set in stone and it really shouldn't be 
contradictions at that level because that's where like most of your fan base is watching. I mean, I'm sure there's a very small percentage. Uh, I don't know what it is of like the people that read the comics versus the people that watch the shows. So it's like you don't want to have that kind of retconning going on if that's what they were going to maybe even do. Maybe that's how it got that far. Then they're like, all right, let's do one final pass to Dave Filoni. And he's basically like, no, don't do this. Right. I mean, here's the thing, though, too. I think – go ahead, Ben. Oh, I I was just going to say, I just think – I I just think a lot of this comes back to um, my thing of, you know, if if you can kind of retcon slash twist arm of – of a new hope with Vader's line for Kenobi, I think you can do it with anything. You're, you're not wrong. No, that's, that's the thing. You're not wrong. And but here's my thing though too. Because Vader, Vader, a new and a new hope will, are infinitely bigger than uh, Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I I agree with that statement. Well, you say you can look if you manipulate it right. We're gonna watch it. And we're gonna be like, oh, okay, this can I can see this working. You know, whatever. But here's the thing. I think Chris made a good point about the power that Filoni kind of wields at times or what yep. we think he might have. And let people I think forget he was groomed at one point to be the next George Lucas in his own way, shape or form. Like he was working side by side and he, I think he's probably more knowledge. This might be blasphemy to say, but maybe he's more, more knowledgeable with star Wars than what George Lucas is, you know? And I'm not saying that to be ignorant, but it's like Filoni knows this universe i've seen him not just talk to fans like us or just star wars people in general i've seen him at like round tables with other actors discussing or discussing what star wars is and how it what it means and in different interpretations it's like he knows his universe he knows how to develop these characters he knows these characters so i'm yeah, glad that he, i'm glad that he stepped in and said no this will not work this should not work and kathleen i'm glad backed him up on it yeah see and that's Well, that's actually, um, you know, you're bringing up Dave, like knowing this universe, you know, for anybody that didn't didn't see, go and watch the behind the scenes documentary from Mando where he was talking to the other the other directors. And he went over the whole reason about Anakin being like the chosen one and everything. And like it was a real deep dive and on the mythology of it and and all that. Like that shows how much he cares about Star Wars. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing to be reminded. And, you know, as you said, Milton as well. Um. Like, you know, in these type of conversations, like I have, I'm definitely the one of the biggest Kathleen Kennedy critiquers. But hey, this is ah. one where I have to give have to give her props, like because she could have just overrode Dave and said, "No, this is what the people we hired to do." You know, you're you're technically not even on this project; you're just consulting. So, like, you know, we could just go along with this. But for her to like back him and say, "Yeah." we're going to rewrite the script. Like hats off to her. Like I, I do feel like, um, like the thing is with Kathleen Kennedy, you know, she's been polarizing over the years to say the least with some of these moves. But I feel like since episode eight, for the most part, like her batting average has been pretty good. Like she's been doing fairly well on most of these projects that have came out. Like rise of Skywalker was going to be, what it was going to be just because of the situation they were put in going into that movie. I feel like, because um, like think about it this way. They basically rise of Skywalker. They basically just said like, I, not, not to sound too not politically correct, but they, ba- they basically said you can make this movie and say, screw you to episode eight is basically <laughs> what they said. Um, so like 
the thing is with that, like for them even allowing to make some of those moments in Rise of Skywalker, like the Luke grabbing the lightsaber saying, don't disrespect the Jedi's weapon, all these different things. Like, I feel like there's so many instances where um, they're improving, they're listening to the fans more. And like, you know, hey, that's like props to Kathleen Kennedy because she's greenlighting these projects for the most part that we all like since Last Jedi. So it's like, hey, at least things are generally on the upswing overall for, for Star Wars. And this this whole mall, changing the mall uh, character out of Kenobi, like, hey, that's another good check mark. Yeah. Yeah. So as we get closer, more and more details will probably pop out uh, about the, all the different production issues with this this series going from movie to series and different writers and all that. But uh, we'll keep you guys in the know as we go through that. So two stories I want to finish up this week that we didn't have time to talk about, both video game related. Uh, we'll start with the one that's more of a non-issue right now, and that's the Star Wars Eclipse game. And it has since come out where, you know, the people are like, hey, the developers were like, we never got delayed because we never announced the release window to begin with. So take that with what you will. But we basically have a report from Tom Henderson at X-Fire saying, hey, they um, have been trouble, have been having trouble staffing for the game. We got this game revealed in an awesome CG trailer back at the Game Awards in December. And people have been really excited about this, but there's also been people that's been a little bit on the fence about the game simply because the studio has not been uh, the greatest in terms of reportedly they're talking about, you know, slander or slurs against certain people, which is not cool at all. Um, So there's been a lot of pushback against the game. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, the staffing is having problems because people Mm. don't want to work for a company that is frankly not not a fun company to work for. So... Uh, now there's reports saying that this game could come out as late as like 2027 at this point. Oh my god. Yeah. So again, this could be one of those situations where maybe they shouldn't have announced the game this far out first of all because Facts. you know when you show something like that like uh, people want this game next year, you know, not not 2027 which is literally another 5 years from now. Um another thing was this game was meant to be built uh, the developers at Quantum Quantum Dream are developers that do like narrative games. What I've heard this game is like from the reports is it's more of an open world action adventure, which is definitely not what this game company is used to doing. It's like mm-hmm. not in their wheelhouse of game types. So they're going to have to staff up their company with people that know how to make these sorts of games. So that's why it could take so long because then they have to make the engine. They don't even have the engine yet. They have to actually like make this engine <laughs> from the ground up to actually handle the game before they actually start programming it. So that's why, like, this thing is so far down the road. I mean, I'm not that, I, yeah, am I disappointed? Yes. But when we also see, like, the, the roadmap or the actual complete list of all the other Star Wars games, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, so it kind of sucks. They probably announced this a little too early. Um, and I hope the game, I hope the heck we see the game get the light of day because, you know, we've had a lot of other Star Wars game projects that have, kind of come and gone and never actually came out um a lot of them from ea this is not an ea published game but nonetheless Mm -hmm. it's kind of sucky that way so okay this is the one department i've been ultra disappointed in since they were bought by disney and i and i and i'm not blaming this solely on disney's people i mean because again video company video game companies are independent usually contract with a video game organization slash company. 
I get that. But this is why you should never got rid of Lucas Arts. Okay, <laughs> Lucas Arts was fire. Now, didn't they just rebrand and make call it Lucas Games or something recently? Lucas Games, yeah. Lucas Games or something. Whether that's Lucas Arts B or whatever it is, Lucas Art needs to come back because clearly. They knew how to make games that were fire. Now, was every game perfect with LucasArts? Absolutely not. We know there were some duds in there. I'm sure there were. I don't know them off the top of my head. But most of the time when a Star Wars game came out, whether it's in the late 90s, in the, you know, 2000s, everyone was playing them. Whether it's the Battlefronts, Revenge of the Sith, um, 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 Obi-Wan Kenobi on Xbox, uh, Rogue Squadron. Um, you know, whatever, I mean, again, there's multitude of games, hell, Super Star Wars on Nintendo 60, or excuse me, on Super Nintendo, Super Empire, Super Return of the Jedi, all fire. Mm-hmm. But ever since 2015, it's like, the game's been trash for the most part. Now, I know, like, Fallen Order's been nice, and again, I have that game, I haven't played it yet, and that's why I haven't played that game, because I'm still, like, kind of salty. I-, I still play Revenge, not Revenge, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. I'm actually in the middle of playing um, uh, what I just played this past week, um, Force Unleashed. I play the expanded edition of the Jedi Temple, and I'm actually working on doing Tatooine and Hoth. Like, that game still holds up. Like, give me those type of games. It's like, man, like, this this thing with, with uh, Eclipse, it's sad to hear, man. And, Chris, you know more of the details than I do, and I don't know really nothing. I don't know nothing about the whole slander, I guess, things that were said by the company. If that's all true, that that's that's bad. That's horrible. It's like, but at the same time, how do you not have your staffing? How do you not have your engine built? How do you not have your plan together? Why is there not a concrete plan, but you show us a trailer at the at this thing and it's like getting us all hyped? Because I'm actually I was actually looking forward to that game eventually. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, a lot of this issue is like work from home. Obviously, yeah. I think it's just like hard to make a game. Period. And then when you have to have people make it like remotely, it's like slows everything right. down because it's not just this game. Like there's every other week. Like I follow the game news pretty closely, and it's like every other week I feel like there's another game delay or there's more issues mm. with this person doing this company. So it's just not a great place if you're a game company right now because you have all these other issues that are kind of going around so i mean but and, still, and yeah yeah and i understand i mean i know covid technically still isn't over i mean it's better than what it was mm-hmm. almost two years ago but it's like at the end of the day though too it's like come on man like how do we not know how to get a game prepared or have a plan or get people in place i mean hell they still keep making madden and nba 2k every year you know, like you know, it's like they, they keep playing, making these modern warfare's, and hell, they got what thirty different type of modern warfare's going on every other year. <laughs> like FIFA comes out every year. Like, come on now, like get it together, people. Um, like like they Cyberpunk, whatever it was, came out. I mean, yeah, yeah it had some issues, but it still was getting made, and that was supposed to be like the next you know game changing game. Because honest to God, I was legit going to get a PS5 because of this Star Wars game. There were certain games I was going to get for the PS5 was whenever they re- they actually finally remake uh, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. the, uh, eventually the new NCAA football that comes out in a couple years, the Sp- Spider-Man 2, and then the Star Wars game. That's the only way I was going to get a PS5. Yeah. And that probably, won't, that probably won't happen now. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, 
Well, for starters, Milton, I believe I believe some of the slurs and slander that was coming from one of the heads of this studio, mm. from what I've read. So that's that's where I think a lot of that's the crazy. hiring, a lot of the hiring and the staff problems came from. Like it was one of the um, one of the higher ups was the ones doing the potential like slurs and slanders and things that's towards, crazy. towards the um, the people under them. So like that's where. I think people are having a, a, a big issue with the company. It's like, why would we go to a company with a boss like that? So like that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Now you're telling me because I didn't know this. Yeah, and it's like yep. if your if your head is out here using you know whatever yep. racist terms, slander, and bro, I ain't trying to work there either. I don't care how I don't care how much money you pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my understanding um, months ago when this came out. Was it was one of the heads there? So that's that's why they're having those issues, which. Like you said, you can't go to a company like that. Like that's unacceptable for like any right. type of workplace, and especially if you're going to be releasing a game like from Disney. Like you can't have that type of a uh, type of an environment. So like you have that issue, of course. And then you know, as you mentioned, Chris, um, you're announcing the game so far out. They're talking 2027. Like I think, well get this game and everybody involved with it, a plane ticket to Ryan Johnson trilogy Island, because I think it's a game that we're probably not going to end up seeing, honestly. Like, I think, (laughs) I think they're going to just let it go. Let it kind of, um, especially with all the controversy, because whenever, whenever articles get released, like when this article specifically got released instantly, the hashtag came out blackout eclipse or blackout star Wars eclipse, like to basically say, don't make that game. And it was instantly trending under like the game or like the entertainment section because people, you know, obviously like have such an issue with the, um, the, the culture at that company. So I just, I just think it's not going to end up getting made or unfortunately if it ends up getting made, I think there's a good chance it is going to be really trashy, like really choppy, have a lot of like updates and patches. Like sure. You know, we have games getting patched all the time. But I think there's a good chance, like, this game could be, like, really patch-heavy, potentially. Um, you know, look, um, I mean, Chris, I remember you playing Cyberpunk. Wasn't there a lot of, like, initial issues? Like, they released it, and then they had updated and oh, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Or, like, I, just, I, think, yeah. I, I think Eclipse is going to be in the same situation, if not worse. Like, because presumably that company didn't have the cultural issues this company does. Yeah, no, they, they, they treated their employees... They, they supposedly have what's called a crunch when you, um, you know, you, you really give your employees a lot of work to do in a really short amount of time. And it gets people stressed out, obviously, because they're trying to get the work done and they, they have to spend o- overtime that they don't really want to do. And so they had issues like that, but it wasn't like literally like making yeah. fun of people because of things that they gravitate towards and whatnot, orientations mm. and whatnot. Um, so... Yeah, there's there's that. Now, you know, the next game is going to maybe make us hopefully forget about this game for at least the time being or the issues that's going on with the game. And that's Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. As I am looking at my calendar, we are literally about uh, about three weeks away. About three Cannot weeks wait. away now. Not e- Yeah, about three weeks away, not even from the game releasing. Um, so they actually put out another really cool trailer. I know you've watched this one, Ben. It's called Skywalker Saga Building the Galaxy. And this video, I love these videos. They're like little documentary like videos where they're just showing like gameplay. They're showing what's going on. 
this video focused a lot about just the really good details. Like, for instance, if you bring, you know, your, your Boosh character to Tatooine, you're going to have, like, sand on the character's texture. If you bring, you know, Commander Greed to, to Kashyyyk, you're going to have sand on his armor. If you bring somebody to, to Hoth, you're going to have snow on, on the costume. So, really cool stuff like that. But they did a lot of work just showing the worlds themselves, not necessarily like the, the story missions, but the fact that you could literally go back to any of like the 20 something planets in the game. And it has a bunch of like side quests that aren't even affiliated with like the Star Wars saga. So you can go and you can do like missions on Hoth base with like like rescuing Wampas or something. Or you can like just like cruise around on Naboo with like Jar Jar Binks and so much variety in the gameplay um and it was really cool because like you get sidetracked so much like you're you're trying to do the story of the game you're trying to play through episodes one through nine and the next thing you know you come across this little side quest and it's like oh wait a second i i actually want to spend like two hours like doing all these side quests that i get sucked into like a black hole um and that's honestly some of the best experiences i've, I've that you have with um open world games like games like red dead redemption 2 and witcher 3 are games that are just infamous for just like you get so sidetracked by everything else in the game because the game is so well made that like even the side quests are compelling as hell and like you want to see how those those go because they're fun and they're narrative adventures and uh, that's how this game is shaping up it looks like it's going to be a lot more than i think a lot of us anticipate as far as like the content within seems like it was going to be at least probably like i don't even i don't want to give a number but this looks like a good 20 to 40 hour game if i'm yeah. doing my math correctly because just the, the actual story of the game it's like five levels in each episode and then you can go back to the world and area even explaining about the side quest will actually have you like hyperspace jumping to different planets so it's like oh yeah go to mustafar do this thing then get on get on your ship and fly in an X-wing over to Naboo. Then you go to do this. Then you got to go over to Hoth and do this mission. So this seems like it's like an actual open world game. Like that's stuff you would be doing like World of Warcraft. Like you'd be going to like different lo locations. And again, I'm just watching as I'm as I'm talking or I'm watching the video. Just so many crazy characters. Like they have Mama the Hut. Which appeared in like one episode of the Clone Wars. <laughs> like you have such obscure characters. They have Yaddle in here. It's like holy crap, Babu Frick, and Babu Frick is like literally really, really small. Like he's not just like a regular, like they actually have like scales of characters and he's like a little ant fighting some stormtroopers. Um so man, oh man, I, I know Ben, you, you said you've watched this trailer and you, you quite enjoyed it yourself. What were some things that, that you might have uh, picked up that made you really like this one? Any locations, uh, any particular things they said? Yeah, I just think really, um, I mean, I mean, pretty much the whole trailer was great, in my opinion. Like, any, anything basically related to this game, I'm excited for, pretty much. I, I think the big thing, you know, we kind of briefly talked about it the last time we uh, discussed the first trailer, was I just like hearing the creators talk about these games. Like, to me, it, I, I hate saying this, but like, look, you know, we, we talk about it with our, our live action stuff, like just give us some type of like a weekly behind the scenes thing, like with Dave Filoni talking or somebody talking like, like I like that we're hearing from the creators of this game. Like it's like, finally, like star Wars is kind of communicating with us. Like it's sure it's just a Lego game, but they're communicating. Like it's nice hearing like how passionate these creators are talking about this game. Like it's exciting. Like to me, it gives me hope for more behind the scenes things for like future games and uh, hopefully future 
shows and movies and things like that. So like, I'm really excited about that. You know, of course you like, like you mentioned the, um, the open world feel to the game or not even feel like it is open world. The open world aspect to the game is like so awesome because you know, what, what has been like the lacking flaw of any star Wars game, no matter what it is like um, over the whole history of star Wars, like, you know, we want a game where we can go and just explore the galaxy for the most part, like get your own free will. And that's what this game is going to allow you to do basically. So you know, this is the closest thing we're going to get to that open world game or open world game in a few years. So it's just exciting. Like I'm so, so excited, excited we're getting, getting this. this. Um, funny thing, you bring, you bring the, up the Wapa, Wapa like rescue, rescue thing, Chris. Like it kind of actually made me think of Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire game. You know, you can where, let out the Wapas you know, you that, that, that are captured in Echo Bay. So kind of like made me think about that. Kind of like made me think about that. I wonder if anybody back anybody back Lego game on this Lego game played Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Make a Wapa rescue. Make a Wapa rescue thing. So. So, so yeah, uh, like there's like little things. Yeah, like that. Like little things. No, like as that. you mentioned, the scale. No, as you mentioned, the scale of the characters are pretty good. Um, and just overall, um, and just overall, the in depthness of the game. Like of the game. You know, like, we've talked about it. You know, we've talked about it when we were discussing these Lego games. Like, these Lego games. To fully like, beat the Lego games, you have to play them. Games. You have probably two or three times. Probably two or three times with different characters throughout. You know, play through the whole game. Play through the whole game like twice because because that. That you know that, unlocks this, that different unlocks aspects this, of the different game. aspects of the game. So it's just exciting. So it's knowing, just exciting knowing uh, they're uh, still incorporating they're that. Still incorporating that because because like like God, this may sound like God, oh, this may sound like oh, uh, old person uh, in his person upper 20s, in his early thirties early thirties about new kids video about games, new kids like, video games. I feel like too many games like nowadays are just nowadays like the campaigns are just the campaigns are just too. I don't. It's just like it's just like almost like participation awards. Like hey, like awards. Like hey, like like an easy, easy enough campaign. Easy enough campaign. Once you get through it, once you get through it, you don't ever have to touch it. So like, so like nice seeing like a nice seeing like a game as simple as a Star Wars Lego game. Like where hey, you're gonna probably have to you're gonna probably have to play through two or three times because that'll allow you to complete the game just having to play through it one time, never touching it again, never touching it again. Like I like that they're actually making like work the achievements in these Lego games. In these Lego games, Nick, you're on mute, Chris. That's the best one. You could actually play through the story and then go ahead and actually have all this extra content to do after yep. that. Yeah. I look, you, you guys know how I feel about the Lego games. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be positive here. Look, and I'm looking at, I'm watching a trailer as you speak. Like, so I'm trying to like actually understand this and it looks good. I will say here's a positive. I'll say this. They are actually consistent with these games because you guys both always see how much you like playing them. There's multitude of things within the levels. They're games that you can play repeatedly. They're very repeatable to play. Obviously, they're they're based towards kids and Star Wars fans in general, and we tend to gravitate towards this game. And it's like, so why can't the other games replicate the effort and energy that is put into a Lego Star Wars game? We're talking about Legos. That's actually a very good point, Milton. Like all the details in these Lego games, (laughs) and then, well, yeah. Now you're now now you're gonna. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're man. You're making me critique the other games even harder now. Does that make make sense though? Like, I mean, because again, like, I, I would say, Chris, you're probably the biggest gamer between the three of us. 
Yeah. But and and because you play the cyberpunks and everything else, and I play like you know my sports games and, and some of the adventures, whatever. But it's like the only game they've really put the time in over the last ten years have been the Star Wars Lego games and Fallen Order. That's it. I, and that's not good. Well, and and it's good. it's like it's like how is that possible when you know this is going to make a billion dollars at least. Whether it's from pre-orders, downloads, or hard copy purchases, because when 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 does this game come out? In three weeks. In three weeks, okay. So Star Wars Celebrations, what's in, in May? And yep. you mm-hmm. you know they know they may they may release some like oh by the way there's a bonus content announced at Star Wars Celebration, or they may have to do another downloadable bonus content around Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, like you, come on, man, like well, this. That- See, like you bring up some really good points there, Milton. Like, and like, like I said, it makes me kind of critique a lot of the other games more now because it's like, man, the Lego games have so much effort and detail. Like, so much. In our in our prior episode, you know, we talked about they have like twenty thousand different model, like individual models in this game. So, like, it makes you think, like, why can't you do that in the other games? Or even, I mean, I know it's like way more complex than this, but why not take? carbon copy this lego game obviously like take out some of the like lego brick aspects or whatever mm-hmm. why not carbon copy this lego game basically beat for beat and make it like like the real life characters i don't know i don't know what they'd even be called but like real life characters like fall on order you know like make it like that do episodes one through nine but just with real life characters and make it a full-blown this... game like yeah or, or you can take or, or you can take what you did with battlefront 2 yeah. And turn it into a saga game, you know, and and then with yeah. the, with the mm-hmm. with the obviously with the effort of the Lego people, because I feel like the Lego people will put more grind into it, you know, and it's like it, again, and this this is my positive here again, well, Lego, you're kicking ass yeah. com- com- oh. compared to these uh, compared to Eclipse. Yes. Yeah, I, I th- well, one more thing to throw in there too, like I think a big part of it, in my opinion as well, is like the people working on it. I mean, just the way they've talked about it, it seems like they appreciate, like, you know, we, we always talk about, like, the fan relation when it comes to Star Wars. That's yeah. always a topic. And, like, the Lego creators for this game, they for sure appreciate the fans because the things they've added into this game, like, they know what the fans are looking for. And then, hell, like, you know, we mentioned it before, like, joking around, like, oh, man, they added the mumble mode thing in there. Mumble right. mode. You know, that is a classic from the first Star Wars Lego game. Like, that is such a classic. Like, me, when I first heard about this game getting announced, I was like, oh, man, I hope they put mumble mode in there just because it's a classic, whatever. And then they literally, you know, they don't even leave that just as, like, an option in the menus. They literally bring that up in their trailer video, like, how important that is for the fans and stuff. So, like, to me, it's like, that shows how much you care about the fans. And I'm like, like... We need more of that. Yeah, well, I think what's happening is, you know, the, all these other games, Milton, were, were run under EA. This is not a mm-hmm. game that's run under EA. This is run under WB and TT Games. And Jedi Fallen Order, yes, it was run under EA, but it was a little bit different because it was run by Respawn Studios, which is mm-hmm. under EA, but they have a lot more power um, with doing what they want versus EA telling them what they want because every game they put out is amazing. So they're like the exception right. under EA. Um, as far as like the other two games where the, both Battlefront from DICE and, well, 
I don't know what's going on at the studio of Dice because like even Battlefield 2042 is doing absolutely horrible. Like it's doing, it's got less players in the most recent Battlefield than Battlefront 2 has, and Battlefront 2 came out in 2017. Like there's yeah. severe issues over at Dice and at EA right now, um, and I think that's just like the studio culture and and what's going on with the deadlines and different things like that. And again, it's just like comes out of like just gaming drama and stuff like that, right. which is why it's like Star Wars games were looped under EA See, and why people are just hap- happy that they're not just EA games now. Right. Who makes um, who makes the Arkham games? Is that the Rocksteady company? That's Rocksteady under WB, who also yeah. is running like, the Lego You game. know what? Get, give me a Star Wars... Like, and this... Oh, I'm not... I swear to God. I actually bought Batman or <laughs> Arkham Origins. Yeah on um playstation 3 i got that on amazon like a couple weeks like a couple months ago so i've been replaying all the arkham games those games still hold up oh yeah okay and it's like can star wars please reach out to rocksteady and say listen make us oh a my saga gosh can you star wars game seriously made it. like rock if rocksteady gave us 20 percent of what they do if they, they took 20 percent from the arkham series and put that into star wars Man, I, I couldn't even imagine doing episodes one through nine with Rocksteady's development, the way they tell... Because their storytelling is amazing within the Arkham series. You know, I love it. And I, I would just love for them to do a Star Wars saga game. Like, I think that's what I've been craving for because, like, I just I just don't connect well with, like, the Lego games like you guys do. And, and again, they're not trash. I would never say that. But it's like... Bring me back a game where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to invest in this game for the next couple months. And yeah. I feel like I feel like Star Wars video games have been failing with the exception of Lego and with um, Jedi Fallen Order, which I'm hoping once I do play that, I'll fall in love with it and will want to continue to play it. Yeah, I, mean, I want to I mean, go back and play Fallen Order. I've played the game three times already. I want to yeah. go back and play it. Now. Well, and that's and that's and that's why you know I replay Force Unleashed a lot because you know I I have the the additional levels in both games. You know I I just said I beat the Jedi Temple. I'm going to do Hoth and and Tatooine in the next you know week or so. But those games tell such a great story, even with their bonus levels. You know, and it's like then I think about literally just there. I'm thinking, okay, how can we fit? Star Killer story within the Star Wars saga, and I'm literally brainstorming like, okay, if we retweak this, we can tie it into Rogue One and make and make Rogue One part three of the four of you know Star Killer story. If you really like wanted to make it play right, you know, I'm thinking this game still holds up. The story still holds up. Yeah. Oh, 100. Like that's the thing. So many of those old games hold up. Hell. Like, pull out an old Nintendo 64. You can whip out Shadows of the Empire right now and play it. Big like, facts. It's, a, it's a great, Big facts. great, great, great Star Wars game. You know, I always talk about Battlefront 2 2005 because that game, that game's awesome. Like, there's so much in that game. Like I mentioned before, the campaign's amazing. Tamara Morrison narrating as the clone trooper. You're going through, you know, from Geonosis all the way to Return of the Jedi. Like, that sort of thing is so much fun compared to like some of the things we've gotten and then even you know as you mentioned milton with um playing like force unleashed and um the other games like they uh you know there's a good replay value to the games like even um like me for example like i play i still play battlefront 2 2005 Mm -hmm. because i still actually haven't completed all my classes because like you know with um with every 
like blaster rifle, sniper rifle, pistol, uh, rocket launcher, the uh, fusion cutter, <laughs> those different things. So you have to get a certain like X amount of kills, X wow. amount of uh, kill streaks, all that stuff. Like with the blaster rifle, for example, you have to play like you can't die and you have to get like 30 kills and you can't die, mind you. So it's actually very, very tough. But you have to do that like a total of 300 times or something. All right. And when you do that, you unlock, you always carry around Boba Fett's rifle as the stormtroopers. So like you unlock different abilities like that, or like even with like the Wookiee bowcaster, like instead of being a normal Wookiee, you have Chewbacca's bowcaster you're carrying around. Like, you know, there's certain replay value, you know, you can just grind the game here and there, racking up achievements and making your characters better. And it just makes the game, you know, the game's a lot more fun in my opinion versus you know, a lot of the games nowadays, it just seems like even not even in Star Wars, like a it's lot of microtransaction. It's mm -hmm. just microtransactions, and it's just hey, play through the campaign. We'll get your microtransactions, and then you can just keep it moving to another microtransaction mm -hmm. game. Yeah, I mean, there's been a big transition. I mean, a lot of that actually is starting to go away. Yeah, um, like Star Wars Squadrons, the flight game that came out two, almost two years ago now. Uh, that had zero microtransactions. A lot of games companies have realized, like, oh crap, people just don't want yeah. this anymore. Look, we're we're spending yeah. sixty five ninety nine on these games. I'm not trying to spend another hundred bucks on like trying to beat it. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. tell. Here's the thing. Like Ben, I'm gonna use your line like you always do, and I'm gonna use it for video game people. We ain't that hard to please. Okay, yeah. Star Wars fans aren't that hard to please, especially video gamers who are like the Star Wars. Tell us a complex story with a somewhat challenging game, and we'll invest into it. Trust me. Yeah. Add, add a little replay value. You're good to go. Yes. We'll, like, we'll, we'll lock it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so about a few weeks ago, I was over at my um, grandparents, and we have the old Nintendo 64 over there. It's just like our family one, like all of us have had over the years. Mm -hmm. And I was playing... I was playing Mario 64 and that game, that game still has great replay value because there's so much to do in that game because, you know, you, you can beat the levels or you can go through and try to collect all the stars and beat the yeah. levels. Like, so there's so much to do and it's challenging. Like, even though it's an old game made from like 96, 97, whatever, that game is still challenging because there's still parts in it. I was dying. Like, you know, there was one part, um, you have these like big, ball ball chain dog things that like shoot out at you when you're yeah i forgot about stuff. those yeah yeah and like i literally i died like 10 times in a row and i was like okay let me pause this i need to get a drink because this is driving <laughs> me crazy um ben had ben, ben, ben to get on youtube to look at how to beat this level yeah i was just i was just like okay i literally can't get past this thing no matter what i do so i was like i need a break so like yeah. those type of games though they're they're challenging but they're fun Right. And they keep you immersed, and there's replayability. Like that's where they hit all the checkboxes. Where a lot of games, you know, it's it, at least like you mentioned, Chris, they're transitioning away from microtransactions and things like that. But uh, I still think a lot of games have a ways to go before we get back to that kind of like late '90s, early 2000s feel of gaming, where it's like these games are immersive and they're fun. Um, but then again, I guess that was back in the era where you had to make a game. And it had to be good enough because it wasn't going to get patched. Like once it's out, it's out. Like All so, right. that's uh, a good point. you know, that's that's I guess a different uh, a different thing altogether. So, so Chris, let me, I have a question for you then, Chris, and I guess for both you and Ben, yeah. 
if if you can have your ideal Star Wars game, what would you want it to be? And I'll go, Chris, you start first. Uh, it would basically be like what I just seen. They released for the Harry Potter uh, Wizarding World game, the Hogwarts Legacy. It's like, all right, make your own character and go play in the Star Wars sandbox. You get your vehicles. You go to your, in, in this case, instead of traveling to different areas around Hogwarts, you travel to different planets. It would almost be like this Lego Star Wars game, except it would be like your own created character. And uh, that way, it wouldn't be beholden to the canon as much. And, uh, you know, you could spec out your guy, make him how you want. Basically, be Star Wars Galaxies. I mean, I kind of have that in a sense with Star Wars The Old Republic. But make right. it more action-based, less less turn-based. Make it more action-based. Kind of like the combat from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but just go around like Red Dead Redemption 2. And I, I, we're going to get an open-world game from Ubisoft. Hopefully, they... As much as I like the Assassin's Creed games, they are formulaic. Same thing with Far Cry. So hopefully they can do a better job of like not littering as much like crazy stuff on the screen that you have to go do at once, but uh, make it more exploratory focus. You know, mm -hmm. hey, there's a person over here. What do they want? You know, stuff like that. So that's what my my game I'm looking forward to. Be. Okay, and my next question to you, Chris, again, if you could have a video game based off of a Legends story, what what Legends story would you want? Uh, well, uh, just remake Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> I knew Chris was going to say that. <laughs> All right, Ben, go ahead. Yeah, um, for me, I would have to say, I mean, pretty much what Chris said for the most part, like, I would be honestly totally fine. Like, I mean, I mean, it, this may sound crazy. I'd be fine. Forget a campaign. Just give me a Star Wars game. Create your character. Log into, um, I mean, make you can make it somewhat uh, offline or people can play it off offline, but give us an online game where you just log in and create your character and go explore the Star Wars universe with everybody else doing it. Like, and if you run into bounty hunters, you can take them out or whatever, or, you know, you like, like basically, like you said, make it like Star Wars Galaxies, but like expansive on the consoles where, you know, like, hey, we could go and, uh, like, I could go and hire Chris and Milton to go take out my other buddies, like, in a Bounty Hunters Guild. And then, like, it registers, like, if you guys go and do that mission, like, you guys will take 20,000 credits from me for that bounty. Like, you know, different things like that that could make it interactive and fun. And just go explore, like, the galaxy. Because I think that's that's the issue. Star, Star Wars fans, I, I feel like I've said that forever, even, like, well before our podcast, well before the Disney purchase, like, back in high school and everything... You know, when we were gaming with Battlefront, you know, some of the stuff, you know, playing Battlefront 1 and 2, and even the Kenobi game. Actually, the Obi-Wan Kenobi game is a great, so great good. example of exploring the Star Wars universe because you explore the underworld of Coruscant, you explore all these planets, you explore all these things, and you really get immersed in Star Wars. And that's something that we're just missing is like an immersion into star wars like that's that's the type of game i want just something we can just log into and just go explore with other people like i think it would be a blast and then what yeah. what uh what what legend story would you want to turn into a video game ah, man that is a tough one i mean so chris said shadows of the empire okay so let's just say chris's game's created so i don't have to say that um and then i would say really what legends game oh man are we saying Legends game or Legends story? What Legends story would you want converted story. into a okay, video story, game? Yeah. Story. Okay, okay. Yep, yep, so okay, that, that, actually, that actually changes that. So I would say for a Legends story, 
man, if if we're playing with like full house money here, I would say Legend Story. Let's create. You know, I talk. We talk about it frequently on this podcast. Let's create the Obi Wan game, but do it off the Obi Wan Jedi Apprentice, like the all those novels. Mm. Like make an entire entire game based off those novels where you start off as obi-wan as a youngling and work your way clear up to the phantom menace like Mm -hmm. do that like where you're paired up with qui-gon and you know go through those missions either do that or i I guess i'll give you two answers here milton um while we're at it so either the obi-wan game or give me a game post return of the jedi and make it a big expansive game where it's you're going through the entire Yuzan Vong war with like Luke and Mara Jade mm. and everybody and like and that's a game you could turn into like a, a friend like you know Chris you talk about the Fallen Order franchise like the Yuzan if you do a Yuzan Vong game like this this could be like a 10 game series or something like this God, could be a, a never ending series like easy because there's literally 26 I think 26 or 27 books in the Yuzan Vong oh, series yeah. yeah so you could literally turn that into like 10 12 games like that could be an expansive like it it let's just for all intents and purposes say if you hit all those games out of the park think about that that's a game series you could literally stretch out for like 15 years 20 years or something like if you if you do that many um like if you release a game one every other year like boom like i just think there's so many possibilities with like the use on vong where you know i just think it's endless really so like that's that's another big star wars game i just really like the idea in general of like big star wars stories like i said one where you're immersed or if you're doing it like based off a legend story do it off the use on vong and give us a big expansive game right what about you Milton? uh if i had to choose a type of video game for star wars uh i've always been a big fan of the, the the Matrix video game, The Path of Neo. I don't oh, know if yeah. you ever played that for PS2. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that game. Because cause you play the trilogy, but you play like 15, 20 levels mm-hmm. of the trilogy. So I think if they base a game off of that, do a trilogy of games of like the, uh, you know, obviously prequel, original sequels. Well, but in the, in the uh, prequels, you play as Anakin. Like that's your lead character. And you go through all the different time periods. And obviously you branch off with different characters eventually. You play as Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, that type of thing. And then same with, you know, uh, Luke and, you know, the original trilogy. And then Rey and the other characters in the sequel trilogy. So I like the format of that game. I would love to see that into a saga type trilogy game. My legend story, I'll go with two. One that should have been made will be the Force Unleashed 3. I, I would love to see where that story would have ended, especially with that particular character. And then with that cliffhanger, spoilers, they capture Vader at the end of number two. So, but when it comes to an actual legend story, whew, um, I actually want to see the Legacy of the Force books. That's with Jason oh, and Jaina. And ben, so Jason and Jaina Solo. Yep. And then Ben Skywalker, because that focused a lot on those kids. So, and obviously when uh, Jason becomes Darth Kytus, and he has a secret love child, and pretty much he's he's replicating Anakin's story in a way. And then Lamaya, who's that dark Jedi that Vader saved, that was trying to kill Luke the whole time. And the, like, I'm like, I want to see that turn into a game. Chris, well, I know you're... That's, that's, 
that that's where he got the Boba Fett dying storyline where he yes, had to find the missing that, clone. Yeah, the he missing had to find the missing clone. Mm-hmm. Chris, I know you haven't listened to those books yet, but trust me, you start that first book, you're I mean you're not you're not going to want to stop. I kid you not, because you're going to love Jason Solo's turn and why he turned, and Man. it makes sense. You're like, yeah, I see why he did it, and but he he has a special force power in that. Which how he's able to predict the future. It's oh. weird, like just yeah. Am I am I, am I right, Ben? He has like a, a weird yeah. like connection with the force where he can like look at the future. Yep. Yeah. But but, but it's like, not it's, it's not like what like Yoda says. You know the force, but no, he's different about it. So Chris, yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. listen oh, yeah, like, listen to watch the fir- or read the first book. I'm not kidding you, Chris. You will not put it down. I swear. The best part too about that series. Good point. Bringing up Legacy of the Force, Milton is, you know that game. That's like Luke Mega and his prime. Oh, yeah. Like, That's like OP he, Luke. He's, he's so OP in that series. Like, you know, because, like, Chris, like, basically he's, you know, totally attuned, like, in the Force. It's almost like um, if you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender, like, when, when Aang goes into, like, full Avatar God mode, like, Luke is just so OP, like, when he wants to be in that series. And that's what I feel like also, you know, built up so many of these expectations for Luke so hard going Big into facts. the because <laughs> every, everybody had all these things like holy shit luke in these in these books and everything are so he's so powerful he's such a great jedi yeah. like you know he he does have flaws because like he's in love with mary jade and all these things and then um you know it, it really built up luke like like i remember yeah. I, I mean i'm sure you remember the one book milton where uh they basically fake out Luke's Luke's death in it mm-hmm. because he was like he was like in space and um he gets shot down I believe I believe it was by Jason like they they shoot him down outside of like a star destroyer like a capital ship right like his his X wing explodes and and I remember reading that book back in like high school or middle school or whatever and I was like holy smokes they just killed Luke in a book and then like <laughs> you flip a page and like Luke's inside the capital ship yeah standing next to Jason like. Okay, bring it. Like, yeah. um, so like you know, they made Luke so OP, and that's that that type of storytelling mm. would be so much fun for a video game, right. in my opinion. And, but but here's the thing, like Jay, but that was, and I'm, I'm gonna let you wrap this up, Chris, or I'm just getting excited about these books. I love them so much. <laughs> like, Jason is that dude. Like, Jay, I honest to God, I st- I swear, this is why I think my expectations were so messed up with the movies was because of those books because. They tell such a oh, great I was story fully with those twins. Yeah, with the twins. Yep. Uh, even though it was another twin replication, it was way better than Luke and Leia's story. Mm. I think it got better really? because, like, because Jaina is low key the hero of that whole series. Hmm. Like Jaina is, is actually Jaina is more badass than, than most of the characters, but they they just they write her well. And Ben Skywalker, he's no dummy, and like they they, they just write the characters so well. And even spoilers, uh, what's her face has a daughter? Um, Boba yeah. Fett. Oh, no, oh, Boba. Remember, oh, he, has oh, a, Boba, he has a daughter. Boba really? And, uh, yeah, Boba. Yep, yeah, Boba has his a daughter in that series too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yep. Chris, I'm telling you, read the first book. I guarantee Wait, you, which book? Like, what, what is it called? Uh, I think it's called the Bloodline. Legacy of the Force. Legacy is, of the is, Force. Is, is it Bloodline the first book? I'll look it up yeah. as you're doing your thing, Chris. Accurate. 
Oh man, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm so, as you can see, I don't add much to that conversation. I've never read it. I've seen the action figure of Jaina, of Jaina <laughs> um, at, at one of these conventions I went to. So that's about as as much as I know about the character of, in a flight suit, a yeah, Tie Fighter flight suit or something. Oh yeah, you would you would love this series, Chris. I feel like if you get started in this series, Chris, you'd be hooked, and he'd be messaging us, Milton, going, "Guys, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on to, I'm on to the next book already." Yeah, I, I, he, I'm just saying, dude, the fire. Um, so the first one is called, uh, I think, Betrayal. Oh, yeah, I've that heard of that That sounds accurate. Yeah, like, like, I mean, Chris, I kid you not, like, just, just the titles are fire, dude. Like, the title, the covers of the book are fire. Like, I mean, like, I mean, Chris, I know, I know you love the, the artwork of Star Wars. Like, they're so good, Chris. I'm well, not even I, joking. I love I love the, the one cover with uh, Mara Jade on it is great. Yeah, um, they, they all hold oh, up. Inferno, Inferno. That's Inferno. Great, is that, is that, that, yeah, great. that's the one with Luke with the saber on, like he's got yep. the, the lava. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. called Betrayal. That's the first book. Mm-hmm. Just, just Chris, I'm not kidding you. I know you. <laughs> I know you, bro. You're going to be like hooked. <laughs> so so there you have it i have i have shadows of the empire we have a vote for the yuzong vong game series as well as the legacy of the force game series what are your guys thoughts on bringing back a legend storyline and adapting into video game form we want to know sound off your thoughts in the comment section down below so you know uh, a week where we caught up on a lot of things from video game news a series a lot of speculation due to Mace Windu. Tell us what your thoughts are on Mace Windu, by the way, as well. Would you like to see him come back post-Return of the Jedi? All that fun stuff. But uh, again, if you guys are listening to us, you can watch us mostly every Friday live at 9 o'clock Eastern. Today was an exception. Um, you can also listen to us on any podcast streaming platform. Just search Outer Room Transmission. We also have that t-shirt store at teespring.com. You can search up and get yourself some merch. Uh, as for this upcoming week, uh, it's going to be pretty light on my end, unless there's some crazy trailer breaking. I'll probably just be talking about the comics coming out later this week or next week or whenever you listen to this. Uh, what about you guys? You up to anything interesting this upcoming week? Uh, honestly, not really nothing busy this weekend. Uh, I think I'm just going to hang out with some friends. I might go golfing again. We'll see. It depends on if the weather is consistently nice. Um, but honestly, I think it's just a time to just relax. And I know the weather's changing, so I'm hoping for some more consistent weather so I can get outside more. But, um, yeah, I think with Star Wars, you know, being a little slow right now, I think, uh, we're, we're in kind of that, that low period until, you know, the, the, the push and your promotion of obviously you're going to Star Wars Celebration in May um, and you're also going to that fan expo which I'm still considering going in Philadelphia I haven't I'm I, you you you're almost getting me to go so I have to just make sure I figure out my schedule but uh yeah man just just relax and enjoy this weekend with friends and family there you go what about you Ben yeah I mean I mean same here pretty much it's just just kind of relaxing enjoying the nice weather um, working out as always like I mean that's always a always a fun thing to do lifting weights pretty much every day um and just slowly slowly dieting like i have been the last few weeks just you know chipping away so uh yeah not, nothing too exciting uh yeah just a just a relaxing weekend um yeah that's that's pretty much it probably talking star wars randomly with people <laughs> on twitter or you guys in the chat i'm sure um yeah i mean and then also 
you know, for anybody who is concerned, continue to like avoid Kenobi spoilers because they are out there. Like that is a that is an actual thing. So just keep an eye out for yeah. that when you're when you're scrolling through social media comment sections about Kenobi. So there you go. You can follow Ben at Real Ben Maynard and Milton at Milton Weber. Um, I'm not looking at the chat. Milton Weber seven. How could I forget the seven? On the <laughs> it's all good, man. You can follow me, Chris at Star Raptor. Looking forward to talking to everybody next week. Join us live next week, and uh, we'll be doing something fun, whether it be news or other things that we might have cooking. Um, hope to see you guys next week, nine o'clock Eastern. For us here at Outer Rim Transmission, thanks everybody for watching. This was episode number 50 and transmission.